0: Good morning, Rimrock Church. So glad to be here with you all this morning. So glad to hear you guys just mingling and getting to, to chat with one another. Um, I'm just excited to be here on this beautiful day. I'm so thankful it's summer. I don't know about you guys, but hallelujah. Now that I say that, we'll have a snowstorm this weekend, but hopefully not. Uh, would you join us in singing praises to our King this morning? his faithfulness. Hey, Boomer. Welcome.
1: Good morning, Hannah. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: Oh, I am doing well. Thank you. They, uh, they let me do announcements again.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Well, it's scary. I don't know why not. I, I, mean. I do. I do know why. Good morning, Rimrock. How are you today? I didn't notice that y'all were in the room as Hannah and I were talking, so very nice. Very nice to see you guys this morning. Um, hi, Mr. Doyle hold on, we'll get to you in a second. First, happy Mother's Day. Listen, priorities. Happy Mother's Day. Um, so, so we appreciate um, just, ladies are amazing. I will just say that. I just, I see it over and over and over again, and I could not do what y'all do. So, Which I'm very glad for. God knew that. Right there in chapter 2. And he said, it is not good to leave men all by themselves. (laughs) They need caregivers. And so, uh, very, very, very grateful for all of you ladies. Uh, whether you have the privilege of being a mom or not, but you are uh, welcomed, and uh, we appreciate you today. And uh, so there are some flowers. If you haven't already uh, found one in the th- in the lobbies and downstairs, please uh, take one of those just as a reminder that we appreciate you. And um, we're grateful to God that he's put you uh, in our life and in our community here. So happy Happy Mother's Day. Um, For those of you who are brand new or have not yet introduced yourselves, um, welcome to Rimrock Church. And uh, we would love to get to know you, kind of start a conversation with you, um, help you at your own pace to get connected to the community of uh, people here. Uh, You'll find in the back of the chair in front of you a little welcome card. Um, If you would give us a little bit of information about yourself, we can start a conversation. You can turn that in at the welcome desk that's right across the lobby. Um, After service, they have a little gift there that they would like. Um, That's a good way to start a relationship, isn't it? We'll give you a gift, and then if you want to talk to us again, that would be fabulous. But no strings attached to the gift. That's all right. Um, So welcome. Hey, for some of you or those of you who um, would like some... Uh, prayer after the service. We do this very, very regularly here, but we'll have some of our, uh, leadership up here in the front corners. And so if you'd like to pray with someone, uh, we have, uh, we'll have, um, folks right up here ready to greet you and to pray with you. All of that, um, stays confidential unless you'd like us to share it with other people who pray, uh, during the week. But, uh, uh, you're welcome to do that. Just find your way right up here to the front, uh, right after service, and there'll be folks to welcome you and to pray for you. Um, kids ministry, uh, I get the privilege of working with kids and parents uh, here at Rimrock, and last weekend, I, I, think it, I think it was our 800th year in a row. Is that, is that true? It's very, very close. We've lost count a little bit, but I think... It's been going on for 17 or 18 or 19 years, where we take um, elementary kids to Ekalaka, Montana, to Trails End Ranch, and uh, Chris Doyle, you've been leading that trip, um, courageously leading that trip for the last three years, Um, and with great sorrow, your youngest is going to be too old to go next year, and I don't think that there's probably any amount of money that I can offer you to lead next year. Nope. And so um, it, is, it is with deep sorrow and regret. I did, I did ask, Chris, Chris and Beth have adopted three kids, and I did suggest this week that there was the possibility that he could adopt another that was younger than sixth grade. But God has not moved in that direction yet. Speaking of prayer, would you all just join me? No. Listen, uh, I, I so appreciate uh, Chris and uh, his leadership and his ministry, and thank you very much for doing that, doing it well. I love the way that you love on our kids, and I love the way that you connect with the adults, and you're, you just track the details and all of that, and I just love the way that you do that. Thank Great. you. And so this is a gift. I, I wrapped it all by myself. <laughs> And and my wife says, do you want some paper that's not wrinkled? I said, absolutely not. It's for Chris Doyle. (laughs) So, uh, Chris, let me pray for you and your family. And uh, as a way of saying thank you, God, thank you so much for Chris and Beth. Thank you for their family. Thank you for the ministry that they have at Rimrock Church in so many different um, ways. And thank you for the way that you're using Chris and Beth um, in your kingdom outside of these walls. Thank you for the ministry that you've given him through his work and the way that he um, fearlessly and and faithfully shares the gospel with people and the hope that he has in Jesus Christ with others who are looking for the hope. Thank you so much for that. And we love you, and we worship you today. Amen. All right, last thing. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Last thing in your bulletin, you'll find uh, Vacation Bible School is coming up uh, June uh, 6th through the 9th. It's going to be right here on main campus. And so registration for your kids opens today, three-year-olds through fifth graders. So you're welcome to get registered. There's a a little fancy uh, scan it with your phone. You can sign up online thing in your bulletin. Technically, it's called a QR code, but... Why go technical? I'll just say the little scanny thing. Um, Or if you would rather, you can find a a paper registration form at the Welcome Center across the uh, lobby. And we would love to have your kids participate. And there are still places for people to volunteer and uh, to help make that a great week. So as we move then into worship, um, let's uh, stand together and let's continue to worship Jesus. Thank you.
2: That it
0: I was thinking about that song today I was just reminded of how even in just the season of life that I'm going through his goodness has always been there even when I don't feel it um, even when it seems hard to sing those words it has nothing to do with me it has nothing to do with my circumstances but he has always been faithful he has always been good that is who he is that cannot and does not change
2: i hear the
0: saviour say thy strength indeed is small child of
2: weakness watching pain finding me thine all in all Cause jesus paid it
0: thank you that you have paid it all that you are the one God who has done it for us God, we thank you that you invite us into this life with you and we thank you that you provide the freedom we thank you that God you continue to do the work in our lives God help us to remember to surrender ourselves to you God to trust you to believe beyond what we can see God be with Nick as he comes today, bringing the message. God, bring the words that you want us to hear. Help us to receive them. God, I pray this in your name. Amen.
3: Good morning. Well, with Boomer, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I, I think that is about one of the most sacred and important positions and roles that is on the planet. Uh, when I was thinking about Mother's Day and, and how that reflects the gospel, I think the, the consistent presence and care of a mom is about as close as we get on this earth to the promise of God to consistently be present and consistently care. So moms, whether you've been... Uh, beyond your season of raising kids in your home if that's your your place now and you're in this season of life we want to thank you and we honor you and moms who are in the thick of it having kids at home um i pray that you would know how vitally important your role is in your kids lives and therefore in this world and so i honor you with everything that i have thank you so much happy mother's day Uh, Let's pray. We are in Mark. We're going to be in chapter 2 today, and so if you have your Bibles, open that up or power it on. We'll also project it on the screen, Uh, but if you guys are up for it, please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the many ways that you have revealed yourself to us, uh, made yourself known, Um, whether it be a picture and a glimpse from people in our lives like moms, or whether it be from the sure, inerrant, living power of your word and your scriptures that are written for us to study, to talk about, to share with each other, and we believe that it has power because it is uh, the person of Jesus reflected to us in a way that we can understand. And we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit now. God, I pray that I'm, I'm excited to, to share your word. I feel like I got a lot of adrenaline going today, and so I don't know whether that's good or bad. But I pray for your protection over the hearts and minds of, of the people listening here and at home. And ask that uh, you would just make yourself known in powerful ways today, that you would bless us, that you would glorify yourself. So now I suppose time to just trust you to, to show up and do what you do. Amen. A uh, little overview of the book of Mark. Uh, ben did a great job setting this up, which I think he does a phenomenal job setting, setting books of the Bible up. Um, so I'll make this kind of quick. But basically, most scholars believe that the book of Mark was, was written by Mark. Uh, but the, the eyewitness, the first-hand account was from Peter. So this picture of Peter and Mark being friends and Peter uh, sat down with Mark and Mark scribbled out all of the stories that Peter had witnessed. And so if you, if you read this in that, uh, with that lens, you can start to see the excitement of Peter come out when he recounts uh, these memories saying, Oh yeah, there was a handful of boats and then we got here. And you just see the excitement of Peter as Mark is, is, is penning this down. And so it's a very, very fast paced book. Uh, More fast-paced than the other Gospels. It, uh, It talks a lot about the events and the facts of Jesus, the things that he did. Over and over it says, immediately Jesus did this, and immediately Jesus did that, and immediately Jesus did the other thing. And so I believe Mark's desire for his readers is to bring all of these evidences of the acts of Jesus Christ before people And then ask the question, so what are you going to do with this man, Jesus? Where over and over, he continues to show of the things and tell of the things that Jesus did while he was on earth to bring you face to face with Christ and say, what will you do with this person, Jesus? And just like thousands of years ago, I think that was Mark's desire. I think that's the same question that I have for you today. I think that's God's question for you is to grab your face and look you in the eye and say, Jesus exercised authority over sickness. Jesus exercised authority over the spiritual world. Jesus exercised authority over creation and weather. Jesus wrapped the religious traditions up and said, all of these are about me. So he had many teachings, but before all of the teachings, before Jesus' stance on this and that, he's asking you, he's asking me, and he's always asked the question, what will you do with me? Most, Most teachers in history have always brought their philosophies up and said, here's what I believe about this, here's what I believe about that. And their teaching has always been the main player. And Jesus flipped that. Jesus said, I am the main player, and after you figure out who I am, then you can figure out what I teach. And I think that's a real strong message that we need to hear today. Because how many times are we trying to figure out what is, what is Christianity's view on gender? What is Christianity's view on baptism? What is Christianity's view on the Sabbath? What is Christianity's view on sex? What is Christianity's view on communion? What is Christianity's view on a woman's role in church? What is Christianity's view on parenting? And before we ask any of those questions, we have to ask, who is Jesus? Because if he is truly the author of life, if he is truly the Messiah and the Savior, if he is truly the judge, then before we figure out what he thinks on this and that, we've got to figure out who he is. And I think that is front and center with the book of Mark. And we'll get into that in chapter 2 here as we watch him exercise authority over all kinds of things. Open your Bibles to 2 and we'll dive into the, the text here. It says, When he returned to Capernaum, after some days it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic, Carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. First thing I want you to notice this man and his friends, we're not sure who was the initiator of this. But this man and his friends realized their deep need to get to Jesus. Now I think we can read into the text and and realize what he ultimately was looking for, what they were looking for, was physical healing. They heard stories of this man who could heal people from sickness and disease. And so they come to Jesus looking for physical healing. And they get so much more which I believe Jesus always gives more than what we initially come to him for. Now, a couple things that we notice in the text. These guys were determined to get to Jesus. It seemed as if these guys would stop at nothing to get their friend near to him. They didn't come to the door and say, I hope we'll get in, but it looks full. They just turn around and walk away. They figure out how to get on top of a roof, start tearing open the thatch, find a way to safely lower a paralytic down through the roof, disrupting everything. And let me tell you, that's dead weight. Physically, that is not easy to do. And so these guys will stop at nothing to get to who they think can heal their friend, who they think can heal them. What will you remove in your life to get near to Jesus? What is God asking you to take away, to dig out, to burn up, so that you might get near to the Savior, your hero, your rescuer? And what as a friend are you willing to do to stop at nothing, to show your brothers and your sisters, your family, your friends, that Jesus can heal. Whether you're preaching to them or simply showing up to love them, this is friendship. As he comes down through the roof, obviously paralyzed, obviously broken, Jesus says, My son, your sins are forgiven. So this is uh, one point where Jesus exercises and declares His authority as God. For those who think that Jesus was possibly simply a prophet or a good man, he is not leaving that as an option here. This is one thing the scribes. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, it's one thing for you to bump into me, and say, oh, I'm sorry, and I say, it's okay, you're forgiven. Your offense was against me. It's quite another for someone else to say, it's okay, you're forgiven. That's the position that a king takes. That's the position that a monarch takes. When a person has committed offense, owes a debt, and one in authority says, I pardon you from your debt, All sin is against God. And so in this moment, Jesus is declaring himself not only as the healer, but as the judge of the world. He's declaring himself as the creator, the master, the one who made the rules, the one who established the rules. So if you miss the rules, ultimately you have offended him. And all of us have come into the world as an enemy of God. All of us have come into the world knowing in our insecurities we're trying to figure out what it is to heal ourselves. This paralyzed man had no hope to bring life to his legs. And every one of us came with a paralysis of soul, with this deep need to figure out worth and value. And so in our insecurity, we constantly make everything about ourselves. We constantly try to sort it out and heal ourselves. And we need to hear, my son, my daughter, your sins are forgiven. And so this is the first picture in our text that I think could be applied to us. Whether it's sitting here in the church, whether it's on a walk this afternoon in the sun, whether it's in your bedroom tonight to recognize that you have a deep, deep need, to recognize that you are totally paralyzed, incapable of moving yourself from death to life, to recognize that you need pardoned. I have messed up my life. I have started off selfish, self-centered, Desperate to figure out who I am to the point where I needed someone else to step in and heal me. That's pardon. That's forgiveness. But Jesus gives so much more. This guy came to get his legs healed. And it says he received eternal salvation. That he went from being wrong in wrong standing with his creator and his God into being made right for all time. John 5, 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. John 17:3, Jesus says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Recently, I had a friend come to me asking for help to manage his anxiety. That's what he wanted. I want my anxiety managed, and I think Jesus might have something to do with that. And he is going to get so much more, and he is getting so much more than just his anxiety managed. He's starting to realize he's been given an identity and a calling in Christ. So managing your anxiety is a fabulous thing. If you've dealt with anxiety, you know. But realize that Jesus is giving this friend more and he wants to give you more than simply managing anxiety he's giving you life to the full he's giving my friend life to the full he's already experiencing it and i can't wait to watch the next year of how he's going to come fully alive how many of us at youth camp hear the message of the gospel hear the reality that jesus christ died to forgive our sins because what we earned was hell the wrath of god So we recognize, I don't want to go to hell. And so if Jesus can save me from that, I will take it. And that's a glorious gift, pardon. That's a glorious gift to be forgiven, to have our debt canceled. Colossians says that all of our debt, all of our sin for all time was nailed to the cross. But how much more did we get than simple pardon? We got pardon. And we got invited into his spirit, into his covenant. We got called. We got an identity when we didn't have one. We got a purpose when we didn't know what it was. And those are things that will never, ever be taken from us. Jesus gives so much more. Psalm 1611 says that in my presence there is fullness of joy. And at my right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Continue on in the text. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in his spirit that they had this question. Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven or rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He looked at the paralytic and he said, pick up your bed and go home. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went before them all so that they were all amazed glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Again, Jesus establishing his authority over all things on earth. What will you do with Jesus? Verse 13, he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming with him and teaching them. And as he passed by the sea, he saw Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said, follow me. And he rose, and he followed him. And as he reclined at the table in the house with many tax collectors and sinners, Jesus said to his disciples, uh, and he was with his disciples and all who were following him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, they saw he was eating with sinners and eating with tax collectors. And they said, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus responded, verse 17, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came Not to call the righteous, but the sinner. So you see, there's a couple kinds of people in this world. Those who have it all figured out and need nothing. And those who understand and recognize their deep need. So Jesus is calling out those who are self-righteous. He doesn't have a lot to say to you at this time. If you can heal your own paralyzed soul, if you can fix your own sin problem, he's probably not speaking strongly to you right now. But at some point in your life, you're going to realize you don't have it all figured out. At some point in your life, something's going to let you down that you can't fix. And at some point in your life, I pray that you're humble enough to recognize the problem starts here. And at that point, hear his voice as the healer. Hear his voice as the Messiah. Hear his voice say, follow me. The Pharisees' pride caused them to try to find some rules and measuring sticks that they could do better than others, and they could stand above them and cast judgment on everyone else. They didn't realize they were sick. Proverbs 26.12 says, Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more help for a fool than for him. Luke 18. Nine. Pharisees and tax collectors are gathered at the temple everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted i'm trying to figure out what is the greatest virtue humility or thankfulness and i'm not really sure but i'm pretty sure that those are the top two the people who have ministered to my life the people who have blessed me have expressed an element of humility and expressed an element of thankfulness and i'm certain they go together and so until we grab hold of those two things one I don't think we'll be used by Jesus. And two, I don't think we'll receive the benefit and the blessing that we get when we're the friends in other people's lives. There's a word I want to pull out right here. He says, Those who are well have no need of physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous but the sinners. So understand this idea of Jesus came to call. Part of that calling is healing. Part of that calling is cleansing. Part of that calling is pardon and forgiveness. That was necessary to then fill us with his presence, with his spirit, to be about our Father's business. So again, if you're standing here unsure of your position with your creator, the first place to start is recognizing your need for cleansing, for forgiveness. That's the cross. We just sung about it. But the second part of that is you clean something, you purify something in order to use it. And Christians, you are called by God to be used to partner in expanding his kingdom. And the book of Mark is a place where Jesus Christ is making sure that everyone knows that something new has arrived, that the Messiah is here, that it is time to celebrate and embrace. That's what the end of this book about when we're talking about old wine and new wineskin. Jesus is saying God has landed on earth. And for us to continue to recognize God is in this room in a very, very personal way, and he has called you by name and has a purpose for you. In case there's a tendency to hear the story and distance ourselves from it, a couple thousand years ago, there's a man. a couple thousand years ago, there was a paralytic. A couple thousand years ago, there were some Pharisees. A couple thousand years ago, there were some friends. I want to give you a picture, hopefully that will impact you to recognize that God is still saving people, that God is still calling people to friendship that there are still brothers and sisters in Christ who will do anything to get you near to Jesus. So Levi, if you would play that first video, I'll kind of narrate here. So this is about eight years ago. This is me trying to stand up and trying to walk. A lot of you know this story. If you're new to Rimrock, here's your introduction. I got a virus that got into my spinal cord and it damaged a ton of nerves and left me nearly completely paralyzed. And so this is my first attempt to walk with a harness When in mail. I wasn't too fast. And so God, as you can tell, has done a lot physically in my life. He's done a lot to touch nerves and to restore some physical things. There's still a ton of paralysis in my body. There's still a ton of things that I can't do. But I'm here to tell you see if I can get through this. I have friends that will run through walls. I have friends that did everything they could to get me near to Jesus. Levi will show a few of those pictures. This is what the church body does for each other. This is what it's like to have people who know and have been comforted by a Savior. This is Lucille Dye. She's right here. This is that male when her husband was struggling with his health, and she came to my room and prayed for me. So whether the names are Lucille... Or whether it's Scott and Jennifer who drive 10 hours just to sit in a room for an hour and a half and pray for me. Or whether it's Dan and Brian building ramps, opening up doors at my home so when I come home I can navigate. Or whether it's Mike and Chris and Corey coming to just encourage me. Or whether it's a childhood friend named Lloyd who stops by and prays and has a meal with me. I could go on and on and on about people in this room and people out of this room who would stop at nothing to get me near to Jesus. And though my legs aren't totally healed, my heart has been absolutely filled. And I'm not telling you this story to only honor and glorify my friends, but I do. I'm telling you this story because each of these people, Bill, Nancy, Natalie, Griffin, Callie, Sherry, each of these people know what it's like to be saved. Each of these people know what it's like to be in desperation and to have a hero. And because of that, they know what it's like to pass that on to others. And if you haven't experienced friendship this way, I pray that you would start by recognizing your deep need to be rescued. Your deep need for a hero, for the Messiah, for Jesus. As you look at stories 2,000 years ago, as he expresses authority over all things, or as you look at pictures from eight years ago, and you recognize the testimony of what true love looks like, I pray that you would see him staring you in the face And saying, what will you do with Jesus? And like Levi, he is saying, follow me. And so wherever you're at with your walk, what will you do with him today? Will you follow him? If you know him, if you have his name, if his spirit is in you, if you've already heard him say your sins are forgiven. And if you haven't, I'm not going to give you a very specific prayer to pray. But it probably goes something like this. I recognize I need forgiven, and I want to follow you. So whatever you have to do and whatever you have done to make that possible, that's what I want. Not only so I can receive friendship like this, not only so people can carry me to the face and the feet of Jesus, but so I can do that for others. If you can't say you have friends like I do, my encouragement is start being one. Be one who carries someone else to be near Jesus. And watch what happens in your life. There's going to be things that never get healed in this earth, but there's plenty of dead cells and dead hearts and dead actions and dead habits that he wants to free you from. What will you do with Jesus? He gives so much more than the reason you first came. Let's pray. Father, we continue to sing about the reality of you being so good that you have paid it all. That your death on the cross and your bloodshed was personal. That my cleansing wasn't simply because you turned your face away and acted like it wasn't there. But you took it upon yourself. That you took my death and gave me your life. And I pray that you would grant us the faith to continue to recognize our sickness That you would grant us the faith to continue to accept our healing of our heart and soul. That we might follow you and be faithful towards you. Because you have equipped us and are faithful towards us. God, I thank you for the many, many people in my life. Starting with my mom today. That have brought me near to Jesus. And I pray that I might be faithful to bring others towards you. I have one more picture I want to show you guys. Levi, throw up the battle buddy picture, please. All right, so from one paralytic to another, this guy on his back, by looking at his legs, those legs aren't going to move again probably on this earth. But he's got a buddy who's going to carry him to safety. I love this picture. This guy's still in the fight, isn't he? So there he's got a gun, launching ammunition back at the enemy. So our ammunition back at the enemy is love, is kindness, is thankfulness, is humility. So a broken world might take your legs, but you've got opportunities to impact this world for the kingdom, whether it's a spoken word, or whether it's your kindness, or whether it's your forgiveness. God wants to use you in a way to destroy the enemy and to glorify him. Amen? Amen.